This is Lanier On Air. Danny Lanier has spent years growing his own lawn care and landscape business. And he's seen plenty of pitfalls along the way. And that's why he's here. To give you advice so you don't have to. This is Lanier On Air. And this is your host, Danny Lanier. We're going to get straight to it. We're going to get straight to the point. I am going to post the link. If you want to come up on the screen and tell me what you believe your most expensive business expense is, feel free. If you're wrong, I'm going to kick you out. Uh, And when we find somebody who truly knows what it is, then we're going to go in depth on uh, some things. And if we don't find somebody who knows what it is, I'm going to call somebody and uh, have them try to help me with this. So with that said, uh, let me get the link posted up here. I'm great, Mark. I'm doing great. Uh, Let me get the link posted up here for y'all and see what's going on. There's that. And if anybody wants to come in uh, and tell me what they believe their most expensive business expense is, then feel free. Uh, Like I said, we'll We'll see if anybody knows. If not, then, you know, hey, if so, then, hey, I think this is real valuable information. I never looked at a perspective like this until this gentleman right here put it into a totally different perspective for me. And I was like, wow, I never I never thought about it like that. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty stoked and pretty excited about uh, about all this. Let's do something that no Nobody else on YouTube does whatsoever. Nobody else on YouTube does. What's up, dude? Nobody else on YouTube does. Oh, what's going on, man? Do you, do you know the answer? Well, I can't speak for everybody else, but I can speak for me. My biggest expense, and I've got tax records to prove it, my biggest expense is gas. <clears throat> That's that's what I would have thought too, but uh, we're going to put it into a different different perspective for you, man. A different perspective. That's exactly what my answer was, and uh, totally wrong. Totally wrong. That's exactly what my answer was. Well, like I said, uh, for my business, I've got tax records to prove it. My gas bill is my best, biggest expense. Well, you will, you'll see, you'll see, you'll be, we're going to put it in a totally different perspective for you. And then you'll be like, wow, I never thought of that. Okay. I'm ready. I'm waiting. Literally, literally. Dan, what's up? What's up, man? What's up? All right, Dan, what do you got for us? I I would say your biggest expense. You you dropped out on us, Dan. It would be your time. Okay. All right. When your time. Why? Uh, why do you think it would be your time? It's irreplaceable. It, it's irreplaceable. What do you think, Big Sal? Well, time is money, and if you're charging the right price, um, I can't speak for you guys up there, but my my price. I mean, I won't even unload a piece of equipment for less than $65. Right. So would you agree that time 
would be your business expense then? Oh, it's an expense, but if you're charging the right amount of money, then it's not your biggest expense. Because here, here's the thing. Time is going to roll back around. Now, I'm not trying to argue the point. Right. But time is time. So, much time. so once time runs out, you're done. It's not like money where you can you can replenish. Right. But gas also runs out, too. You got to replenish it. Well, right. But you can replenish gas. You can't ever replenish the time you have. Oh, no. I never, I never get back the time that I miss with my kids. I never get back the time that I miss with my wife or the dogs or the time that I don't get to go out in the woods and hunt. Any of that is irreplaceable when it comes to like the, the money, the monetary value of time. There is no monetary value of time. Right. Uh, really Richard, um, are you available to come up? Are you, are you busy? Uh, this guy, man, he's, he's good when it comes to explaining things. And I mean, it just totally put a lot of stuff totally into a different perspective. Uh, in my eyes, because we were talking about it. And I mean, he's like, you know, knowing your numbers is great. And, you know, we were talking numbers and I'm like, I, I know my numbers, you know. And uh, he's like, man, that's pretty impressive. And he, he asked me, you know, what what my biggest expense was. And I said, oh, it's probably fuel. And he said, yeah, that's the answer. Ninety nine percent of the people give. And he said, but it's wrong. It's wrong, man. And I'm like, so he can explain. He can explain it real good. Uh, I'm not good at explaining all this stuff, but it just totally put me into a totally different perspective of uh, the way I seen things and looked at things. And uh, we'll see if, if he's available to come up, if he's still in here. Uh, and so this guy's got, he's a truck driver, uh, owner operator, lots of knowledge. He did uh, lots of, of big speaking, things of that. And uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see if he can come up. And if he can come up, then great. We'll see if we can host four people uh, on the screen. That depends on how big it is. Time is money. If you have to deal, if you have customers in bank, time isn't such a big deal. Blades of grass in the house. I know, man. Look at that. Yeah, we got big time Johnny, Johnny. in here. Johnny. Oh, up don't know about that Johnny. <clears throat> a, little bit, a little bit further south than me. Just a little bit. Oh, there we go. There we go. <clears throat> all right. All right. What's up, Robert? What's going on, man? How you doing? How you doing? I'm doing well, man. I've seen the big truck down in the driveway. And for y'all that don't know, Robert is a neighbor of mine. And uh, he is a very, very intelligent person. Uh, he's retired uh, Marines and Army. Yeah. Cool. There uh, you go. So... All right, Robert, put it in just perspective for us, man. Tell well, us. so you know, just so everybody knows where I'm coming from. So uh, I've done a lot of different things uh, throughout my career uh, in business, life, whatever you want to call it. But uh, Danny and I were talking the other day, and uh, I don't know how we got on the topic, but I was actually doing some spreadsheets. Mm -hmm. And uh, you'd be surprised on how many people don't know their numbers. So I, I was a sales guy for many years. Uh, I've been in transportation business for uh, over 25 years. And so uh, your time is by far your biggest expense. 
Uh, I spent many years as a salesperson, many years as a sales manager. Uh, I, I've trained many different people. And every time I talk to people, whether it's a small group, large group, uh, it really doesn't matter. It just if it, I, I drive a semi truck now, I'm, I own my own business. And it doesn't matter. Everybody thinks that diesel fuel or, you know, tires or what is their biggest expense. But that is that is not the case. And I understand what the gentleman uh, above was saying uh, and his gas. And I, listen, I, I totally understand that in, in gas, diesel, whatever fuel, whatever you want to call it. Sure, that is an expense. I do agree with you. But the other gentleman who said that time is irreplaceable is spot on. Because think about it. In your guys' line of work, it's real, you're a traveling sales guy. You just happen to cut grass along the way. And so when you go out to uh, either, you know, cut grass or bid loads or, or I'm sorry, bid properties, um, you know, you have to take that time into account because you're not cutting grass you, you you're you're pricing a job you hopefully you'll get but that is still an expense i used to be a truck driver too and that's what you call deadheading okay but deadheading is also a tremendous expense right a tremendous expense but again it all goes back so and i could care less about the deadhead um but the and I agree with with what you said. So I'm going to take that deadhead and I'm just going to include it in my price. Right. However, right. it's still part. It's a big part of my time because I could deadhead three or four hours. If I get to that load and they cancel the load on me, all I'm getting is a tonu, right? Truck order not used. And, you know, that 150 bucks, especially nowadays, isn't going to cover um and he, it's not going to cover my fuel. So, uh-uh. and I've lost a whole day of revenue. And I was explaining it to Danny the other day in, in business. And I don't know if you guys do spreadsheets, none of my business, but what I would recommend is take all of your expenses, put them in a spreadsheet and then break it down to the ridiculous, right? What do I mean by that? So you take, uh, you take all your expenses. Let's say you had a hundred clients, well, when it, let's say you had $1,000 in expenses. Divide those expenses into each client, right? And then this way, one, you'll have a better idea how to price the job. Um, and two, when you go out there and you're making your sales calls to bid on a, on a job, just be cognizant of the fact that, hey, you know, look, the small, the small jobs will keep you in business and pay your bills. The big jobs, the big sales, the big, you know, going to get the big whales are great, uh, but they're very few and far between. So uh, we all want to make that big, you know, payday. And listen, I, I want to do it all the time too, every day. Right. So, um, but I would just caution everybody, you know, the other gentleman was spot on. You can never get your time back. Uh, and everything is, and it's so it's really hard to measure uh, or put a price tag on time. So, for instance, in the trucking industry, I, I equate time to 600 miles a day, right? Now, I may not drive that, right? Because I book my own load. It's my, my truck, my trailer. I do what I want. But 
Um, but it's still, it's very hard to put time uh, or put a monetary value on time. It's, it's, it's next to impossible. The only thing you can do is instead of going out and bidding one job, uh, like, cause if you're a sales guy, you don't go out and just run one sales call or one appointment because you hope, you know, cause hope is a terrible business plan, right? So if you're going out there hoping somebody's there and then sure in your line of work, maybe they want you to come over, but in sales, it's a little different, but I would say instead of going out for one to bid on one job, bid two, right. And just schedule them a little better because again, your time is, is, uh, is everything, right. Can I interject? Yeah, they, they say sure. it's proven that uh, time is also the commodity that is most often wasted by people. Oh, yeah. That's where route density in our line of work comes in because you, you can't make up the, 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 the windshield time or the deadheading, as you guys call it in the trekking industry. Um, <laughs> that's where you lose so much. <clears throat> and you you really realize that when you're not just a solo guy and you're running with somebody else and you're paying a guy to sit in the truck with you while you drive to the next job. And that's exactly my father-in-law is my helper. So thank God, you know, I have, you know, somebody that I, I I can trust and, and and we have an understanding on money, but even then I pay the man an hourly rate. And when I'm driving 30 minutes to a job and he's just, you know, he just made half his hourly pay sitting in the truck with me, chit chatting. Right. I never understood that until I was the boss, you know. So this is this uh, is very helpful for you, uh, though. Though this, you're not yeah, wasting and, and, anything. Yeah, and that's where that route density comes into play. Like <clears throat> learning your route, making sure that you you've got yards together, and like. Um, so this is my first season out. I'm on an order SC, so I know my name's different on here, but uh, you know, this is my first real season uh, being in business and. Learning that, you know, <clears throat> my father-in-law oh, well, retired, so his time. Welcome to the nightmare. Yeah, he always says, he goes, well, <laughs> you know, time is free. And I'm like, it's not free, though, because I'm losing it all the time. You know, right. and we, we and as lawn care professionals, we have sun up to sun down. Sure. So so there's, there, there's another constraint on time. Yep. Within the equation. Um, and I'm a spreadsheet guy. I swear by them that's how i like i run my routes on spreadsheets and and everything like that so i know hourly what we're making and what my overhead is for the day and how much i have to make an hour to meet that overhead and exceed it to make profit right every single time so Uh, that's exactly so revenue per day it doesn't matter what line of work you're in doesn't matter what business you're in right i've done i've done like i said a lot of different things and so revenue per day is everything and in, in your revenue per day, there also has to be profit. But think about this. when Next time you guys are out driving around, UPS only makes what kind of turns? Right-hand turns. Right-hand turns. Never a left. Always right. Never a left. That's right. They don't want three to right to make line. a left. Yeah, they don't three, want to sit at a stoplight. Right, stop yep. right. One is safety, and they don't want to sit at a stoplight to make the left turn. Yeah, yeah I... I uh, I'm, I'm working on route density and I'm learning <clears throat> the most efficient way to get from yard to yard to yard. And that's really been helpful. Like now that I'm learning my routes even better, I, I know that if I go this way and I start at this yard and move across town this way, I make a lot more time up by doing that. And, right. um, <clears throat> you know, it's one of those things that like as, as a new guy in the, the industry and, um, 
trying to build my, my my business and whatnot. You know, I watch all these guys on YouTube and nothing against the real big boys on YouTube, but it's it's much nicer to come on a channel like this and see somebody that does the same thing I do the same way I do it instead uh -huh. of seeing, you know, I, and nothing, like I, I said, nothing against the other guys like Brian's Lawn Care. That man makes a bunch of money. And not only does he make a bunch of money doing his business, but this YouTube thing that pays dividends I mean, right. that helps him eat up that cost on top. So, sure. You know, and, and a lot of guys try to like pawn it off as like, oh, we're not making that much money on YouTube. I know the algorithm. I can make it up myself. I know exactly what you're making. So right. like um, some guys will actually show you, you know, there's, there's plenty of, of videos out there that show you how the algorithm works and how the dividends pay. Mm -hmm. it, it would just be like, or, or the same way that if I drove around with a Coca-Cola sign on my car, all the time they pay you a dividend to drive around because you're a rolling billboard for them so exactly. you know you've got all these these other things that, that that people don't take into account when it comes to stuff but it it really is a, a learning curve that for i'm i'm relatively young so i have the the ability to kind of have that learning curve but so i can see some of these guys that get into it and they just don't know what a sustainable business model is you know the 30 dollar cut doesn't help you're, you're driving right. the price down for everybody, and that's what kills me. Like I, I, I've had I've had heated conversations with local guys around here. Like, stop telling people you'll cut their grass for thirty bucks, dude. Like, you're killing everybody. Right. You're killing everybody. I, I don't see how they do it with inch. I don't know if, what the situation is where you guys are, but here in the state of North Carolina, where I am, you have to have general liability insurance before you can pull up on anybody's property. If you get caught operating on someone else's property and you don't have that, it's a ten thousand dollar fine. Yeah, yeah. And We're in and South Carolina, so I I kind of live by the same rules. I mean, yeah, right. Mitchell's in North Carolina, and I talk to him on uh, a regular basis. I try to at least. He's got a lot of good insight. But that right. man is another. He's getting a larger following on YouTube, so he's eating up his dividends on YouTube. You know, a lot of his overhead there. You know, I, I mean, he does really well for himself and he works two jobs. I did that. I just recently quit my full time job and went full time with the lawn care this season. And um, but that was kind of a. A forced movement rather than a um, choice uh, because of some things that went on personally with that company. But uh, customer retention rate is another thing, too, that I'm still learning. And I'm trying to figure that part out, too, because this is my first season as a actual business and keeping that revenue for the next season because we have downtime even in south Seattle? carolina i've got three months do you guys have do you guys have business cards yes all right so let me do you do anything yes. on the business card do you guys put yes in, what do you put on there on the, on the front of mine on the front of mine it's got my business name my phone number my email on the back of my business card it lists all of my services so i'll give you guys a tip right this free of charge do yourself a favor and on the on every business card in your handwriting write thank you every yep. business card i guarantee you there, there's many studies done and when i was when i was in sales and i worked for, i worked for a big organization uh, i started off as just just joe blow and then you know anyway but they did a study and 
70% of the people, if you write thank you on a business card, when they pull it out of their wallet or their pocket, they'll look at it. If it says thank you on it, 70% chance they won't throw it away. Oh, yeah. It's the personability with that that you get. Absolutely. Yep. Um, It shows that you're invested in your customer and your client. And like, If if any of you need business cards, my wife does business cards. You're very loud. The, the oh, I'm sorry. Is, you could put a sticker on it. You could put, uh, you know, like like Danny's card. Uh, very nice. The paper's good. If you can't write on it, uh, you get a sharpie and or put a sticker on it, right? Th- uh, thank you. Yeah, Somewhere. you didn't tell me this when I gave you a business card. Yeah, I know. It's a pre cuts. Danny cuts my lawn, so I, <laughs> let me tell you, my lawn looks really good. <laughs> So, yeah, there's a, a guy in chat that said something about uh, route density get gets hard in small town areas. I am in a small town and I have lots of competition. So to that comment, uh, it's not impossible. It's just harder to do. And I get the hardness of it. But there's in lies the the time invested in yourself um, when it, when you talk about commodity as, as time as a commodity. Um, this March, I did. 1500 flyers with me and my father-in-law in a car driving in neighborhoods putting them on mailboxes it's almost the overhead on a flyer that you print at your house is next to nothing it helps with right. that that that, uh, that that time you know like 1500 flyers was nothing we did that in like three days so <laughs> i mean you this, get is, into this the, is what good i wanted to get into this year was was uh, this is what i like i like getting into things that other people don't talk about you don't hear Keith Kalfas or bronze lawn maintenance or any of these other guys talk about this. And a lot of people think just because, uh, and, and I was telling Robert about this the other day, I was like, you know, a lot of people think just because I don't run crews, I don't know anything. Um, you know, they yeah. look down on the small guy because we're not running crews. Um, and so they're like, and I, I kind of get that you want to watch people where you eventually want to be to try to get there. But a lot of these people that you're trying to watch ain't telling you anything anyway that you, you already don't know. Um, Brian, Brian kind of, well, I, I think it was Brian. He said that the return, the rate of return on flyers was next to nothing. And it wasn't something a lot of guys have said, it's not worth your time to go do the, the footwork. I also play the game of threes, and I, 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 I'm a strong believer in this. If I'm cutting a yard in a neighborhood, and that's the only yard I have in that neighborhood, the three houses that are adjacent to it, I always leave a flyer. don't matter how many times I've been there. I always leave a flyer. had a video about that. Uh, no yes, it, yes, I actually picked it up from Johnny. Johnny told me he's the one that said something about do, do the fly, like play the game of threes, the three adjacent properties. Right, because and he said do it every week. Every yep, week. Squeaky wheel gets the grease. Well, not only that, but they, 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 that's a good point because in sales, right? And you guys are essentially, you're selling a product, right? You're selling yourself. And so th- there's another study done many, many years ago. And uh, so we used to do a thing and it was called uh, Touch Me Five Times, right? So it, it takes, just like if you're doing in-home sales, right? Uh, if you watch any sales videos or been in sales at all, you need to ask for the close five times. No different. If you send out uh, mailings, uh, flyers, yeah, or you ask for referrals, um, and look at the best way to get referrals, uh, typically, is you guys are have more opportunity uh, for a face-to-face interaction, right? 
than let's say a guy building a house, right? Because the guy building the house, he's building it. No one lives there, obviously. But yep. you guys have more opportunity. And there's a difference between building a relationship and building rapport, right? So really tough to – when you guys first go up and you're talking to people, you're just trying to build some rapport. As, as time goes on, you'll build a relationship, right? Very different. Same thing on the phone. If you ever get a phone call or you're on the phone trying to maybe bid work off a referral you got, the key thing is to build rapport really quick, right? You can't build a relationship on the phone, but you'll build that relationship – once you get in front of them. Uh, and I would always uh, look at, you can find out di different things about each client that you have. Find out when their birthday is, find out what their kids are doing, their sports, send them a card, send them a thank you. How many lawn care guys are sending thank you notes? Maybe not many, right? Personability. You got to do what others are willing to do. It may Stand cost you money and it's going to cost you time. Yeah, stand out from the crowd, and and that right. uh, starting the business this year, and I, I, I'm still reading the comments, and I see that Charles uh, said something about he he did flyers last year, and he didn't get one call from them. I didn't get any calls from my flyers until about a month ago, and I did them right. in March. Now it's it's all timing, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter what line of work you're in. It doesn't matter what business you're in, whether it's sales, whether it's lawn care, it doesn't matter. It's all timing, right? Exactly. And, and maybe this week, it's just not a good week for them. And maybe they, maybe they will throw it away, right? But if you if you send that out strategically five times, uh, typically you'll get something, right? Yeah. And all one, one thing, one thing we do in our in my business is at Christmas time, we get uh, Christmas cards, and we either. We make them out uh, personally for each customer, and we either give them cookies or the tins of popcorn at Christmas time. There you go. Perfect. And, yeah. and that's another thing. You bring up a good point. You, a lot of businesses, even one-man operations, will go to a company, Kinko's, whatever, and they'll have a company print off stuff. Uh, that's not real personal. Nope. Right? No. So you can go and have something printed, but then write something on that card right because again if they think that you took the time to invest in them the chances are in sales you have a you you have a customer or you have a client right so right. a customer has one product with you okay one product a client has more than one so maybe in your business and i don't know i'm just i'm, I'm just thinking out loud here but maybe in your business you're just cutting their lawn but maybe next year they want landscaping and or maybe they'll give you a referral. So in your spreadsheet, uh -huh. you could say, OK, you know, Mr. Jones gave me a uh, gave me a referral. or Mr. Jones gave me landscaping. Uh, well, now that customer is now really a client. Right. Because you've gotten more than just a piece of the line. Right. Uh -huh. So because a customer and, and remember, customers come and go. So if you're exactly. in sales. You may have a client or a customer that cancels, you get a chargeback. But a client, right, typically you'll have uh, more than just one line of business in that house. Can I ask a question? Sure. Do you believe in, um, I, I guess, how, how can I put it? Okay, so a business card. Let's just use that as an example. Um, I designed my own business card. I didn't go on Vistaprint and use that 
generic uh, looking Cheek. business card that everybody has. I actually paid someone on Fiverr to design a logo for me. So I have a custom logo and a custom business card that my wife designed for me. She's a graphic artist. Um, so is my wife. So, so mine looks nothing like anything else that's out there. Because I've seen probably five or ten business cards from guys in the area, and they all look the same. They're, they're, it's either one or the other, like off of Vistaprints, like just one of the generic templates. Well, is that something you you agree to invest in, like uh, yeah, a logo, absolutely. stuff yeah, like so that? You want something different. Uh, you yeah. want something different. And I'll be honest with you, and you know, you, you got to look, you got to run the numbers, what's best for your business. But I like a business card that won't fit in the wallet because yeah. less likely it'll throw it away. Exactly. Because right? when they go to clean their wallet out, that's probably going right. to crash, right? Yeah. So get something that's either uh, straight and then maybe rounded at the top, or maybe instead of getting, a, uh, you know, your boxed edges, you do all round edges. Um, yeah. And maybe you do a slightly... Uh, longer card, um, but always, always, always get it on the best paper you can, because card stock, right, is is your best, right? That that other stuff, or is it the opposite? I, I forget. But you want the best paper that you can get on a business card. Like Danny's, it's shiny. Uh, those stand out, right? Those stand out. Yeah. Uh, people are less likely to throw those away. Um, and look at a, it, it. That's really, I mean. That is an expense, but that's the cost of doing business. And with the technology that we have out there, business cards are relatively inexpensive. They're absolutely inexpensive. I hate when yeah. people say, well, I don't have the money for business cards. It's literally like $25 for 500 of them. Right. So if you can't invest $25 in yourself, then you don't even believe right. in yourself to, to start the company and start doing what you need to do. And uh, same with, I, I had an idea when I first started the business that I thought that we should have a uniform. And I know it's just me and my father-in-law, but professionalism, yeah. when you show up the job and all the guys look the same, doesn't matter if it's just two guys or if it's five or six guys, a, a, a shirt with your name, a number yeah. on the back, you know, something like that. And we yep. run bright green shirts with khaki pants. There that's, you go. Our, that's what we look like when we get out of the truck. That's what we look like every time. doesn't matter what we, right. what day we're there. Well, that's you, how we look. You I want to get back to the referral thing. Because yeah. we did a podcast on this a while back. I, I did a podcast with John's Daily Hustle about this. And uh, I don't know if people, you know, uh, hey, maybe they'll listen to this one if they didn't listen to that one. But um, I've still got my notes from it. So I was going back in my notes and uh, we were on the referral thing. And it says 91% of customers say they would give referrals, but only 11% as people ask for it. Right. Uh, so the key to, to the key to getting referrals is you have to ask all the time. Now look at I'm going to be very honest with you guys that a lot of uh, getting referrals is is sales managers, you know, stuff, right? I'm just being honest with you because if it was that easy, we wouldn't have sales folks still dialing, knocking on doors, that type of thing. Getting referrals is tough, but a lot of people are just afraid. And remember. Your customer, if they're only a customer, if you don't have a relationship with them, if all you have is rapport, they're going to be less likely uh, to give you that referral. The, the other thing I was thinking about, and I don't know if you guys can do it or not, but why not go out and get a background check 
uh, and get a little batch, right? Uh, the, the, the folks that sell those alarm systems, ADT, Vivint, all them, they, they all get a little background check. That's something else that you can say, hey, look, when you're bidding a job, hey, I've been cleared, I'm this, I'm that, whatever, right? Because I, I, I don't know what kind of competition you guys have. Just saying. You just want to do stuff that sets you guys apart from, from the rest. You know what I mean? See, here was another one that uh, talking about missed calls. And it says, uh, a recent study found that 95% of respondents said that they would generally tell at least one person about a bad personal experience. While 54% indicate they speak to at least five other people. Now, how bad do you think that can hurt you in the long term? You know, I mean, word of mouth is everything. everything. When so-and-so Joe tells Sue and Sue's got all these people she knows now and she's telling them, well, you know, hey, well, I wouldn't recommend this company because Joe said he, he tried calling them and they never answered his phone or returned the call. Yep. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know... You, you, honestly i would just instead of saying i'm a long guy just you know maybe change the way you think and say you know i'm really a sales guy because that's what you guys are you're selling yourself Mm -hmm. right every day you're selling yourself the the cutting is just a byproduct of who you are and what you offer right Uh, but your personal service that you offer like danny i mean sure he's my neighbor but i can tell you man he's great he's great with people he he does the job and he I mean, he has OCD, right? He wants it perfect every time. Yeah. But that's what I want. There's right? a lot of guys like that in this industry. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want somebody that's just going to do it good the first time. And then when I get upset, then they'll do it. You know, they'll do it right. But yeah. if you're not paying, because that's a pain in the neck for a customer, right? So. One thing I do with my customers, and, and you were talking a while ago about customer retention. That's one thing I pride myself on. Um I've got customers, uh, matter of fact, I was talking to one the other day. I've got customers that I've had for 19 years. There you and go. they stick. I'm sorry. I said, that's right. That's, that's how you do it. And um, they stick with me because I'm dependable. Right. Their stuff don't come up missing when I leave the job. And, I, you know, I try to do the best job I can. But getting more to the point, um, when I first meet a customer, I try to, Yes, time is a commodity you can't get back, but if you don't invest the time, right, you won't you won't have the client. And I try to invest the time in basically op- asking open-ended questions and just letting them talk and that allows me to know exactly what they're looking for. No, that's and, that's, that's perfect. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I I've been doing this for 21 years. And, and, and I'm going to be honest with you guys. I've had, I've had a lot of help. My wife is a, is a marketing, um, I guess you would call it a marketing genius. Um, she's, she helps multi-million dollar corporations. And I mean, dude, I'm, I'm just a retired truck driver and I, I wanted something else to do. And my brother called me one day, he lived out of town and my brother called me and said, Hey, how much would you charge to cut my mother, my mother-in-law's yard? And that's how I got started. It just kind of fell in my lap. And I took it and run with it. I didn't want to do yard work, but that's what I did. And my wife, I mean, Lord bless her, because I'm, I'm too stupid to understand, you know, how this stuff works. But she has helped me along the way. And, I mean, everything you're saying is everything that she's ever told me, and it's spot on. 
There you go. I appreciate that. You know, the, remember the cut, the, the one you're with is the most important, right? Yep. So you, when you're in front of them, especially if you only have one or two, uh, like new bids or something that, that you're bidding today or whatever, uh, you want to do everything you can to get it, right? So that's because when you leave, you don't want to say, well, I should have said this, or I could have done this, or I should have done that. Um, you know, and I see this comment down here. Customers love to talk. Yes. That, that's a great comment. Look, they do love to talk, but remember, you guys are in business, and I get it. You have to have customer service, but you're in business to cut lawns, right? Not customer service, right? You got to cut lawns because you, you can't get too involved. All right. You got to keep going. You know and what you mean? can't get too personal. There you go. Right. You got to keep a business. So here's the, here's the, uh, I love it because we're going back into the podcast that we did a while back. The average company loses between 10 and 30% of its customers each year. The, the takeaway of that is literally don't ever stop prospecting. Even when your pipeline is full, you should still be prospecting. Um, right. And I can, I can honestly say, I've never lost 10% any year. Uh, I may lose one or two. And if I do, it's usually during the year. And it's because they, they were renting a house and they were waiting on theirs to be built or they moved to a different area. They sold their house. I've never, knock on wood, I have yet to be fired from a client. Um, <clears throat> I've fired a couple, but I've never been fired either. Yeah, I've I've got rid of some as as I was building my my pipeline this year per se. I was dropping people that were a pain last year, um, and I could have kept them, but I didn't want to deal with it. There's they don't. I mean, I didn't need them, you know. <clears throat> and uh, Jason Vince wants to know how did the stripe look on your lawn after Danny shows up. <laughs> Who is that? It's Jason Vince. Oh, does he? Do I know him? No. Oh, okay. He's just making sure Danny's doing his job. That's all. He's just making sure I'm doing my job. <laughs> yeah, hey, my, 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 my front lawn, man, my, my front backyard looked like a golf course, so it's looking nice. <laughs> what do you, What do you? Uh, what, what kind of grass do you have, Danny? What is? What do you? What do you mainly cut? Uh. Crabgrass. <laughs> well, that stripe's usually pretty good most of the time. Um, he, weeds. He, he's got some weeds in his backyard that we killed off earlier this year. We got rid of, went through and got rid of all the weeds pretty much. Uh, and then once we got rid of the weeds, then guess what? Uh, crabgrass haven come in because summer. And uh, but we're gonna we're gonna take, take good care of that this fall. So no worries. Yeah, we're sending down here most of the time that's like 95 percent of my yards are centipede. yeah we do a lot of uh fescue rye bluegrass i cut i, I cut mean, a lot I, of centipede bahia grass yeah i bahia. hate that stuff i hate that stuff yeah we uh I, well i grew up in ohio so i had to relearn how to do lawn care when i moved to south carolina um because it's completely different here um well welcome and, to the south <laughs> thank you the damn yankee right is that what i yeah um hey i can't say that my dad was from ohio what part of but, ohio uh, uh columbus right outside of columbus yeah. okay my dad was from the dayton area but um what you yeah got, so, 
learning learning the differences of and and how I I uh I preach this instead of saying I'm lawn care I'm curb appeal I am a curb appeal specialist I I I don't specialize in lawn care I specialize in curb appeal because that's a, a term that a, a lot of homeowners don't hear a lot and especially when you're doing residential lawns they love that and I'm like your property value is going up every time I'm here your property value goes up. Because yeah. I, I know how they do the tax estimates around here, and they drive through the neighborhoods and just look. They don't come in your house. They look at your house. Right. And if you keep up the outside of your house, well, then there's the the, the knowledge. Well, they, they, they take into consideration, well, they're keeping it up outside. They're probably keeping it up on the inside right. kind of thing. So and, and that's one of those marketing things that I've tried. Um, my wife is a marketing genius like yours is. Um, she she uh, is a social media manager for three companies now so uh, wow <laughs> that's what she does like she's a facebook youtube instagram that's what that's all she does for a company uh-huh. and um so that's really my wife too. your wife needs to talk yeah running running boosted posts when they need to be and and constantly being active and uh seeing that stuff and and i'm i'm a believer in before and after pics uh, videos now because I'm, I've just started my YouTube channel, which I need to post like three I have sitting in queue. Um, but like, th- those are the kind of things like business expenses that we were talking about, like necessary business expenses. I just had the, the trailer lettered. And I know I said that in your chat, um, earlier, was it last week? I said something in, in Danny's chat and he was like, Oh money getting the trailer lettered. But, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's something you're rolling billboard for your own company. You might as well um, show it off, right? So, right. I mean, those are just kind of the things I, I, I saw. And I knew when you said what's the biggest uh, expense for commodity in the business, I was like, it's time. And my wife was sitting there, and I was like, I'm hopping in, so I got I to gotta say it. And I had to, I had to come up and, and be like, it's time, man, because I, I honestly didn't think anybody was going to get it because I figured everybody was going to say fuel like I did. Gas, I yeah, know. yeah, and that and that and that's the first thing that everybody goes to is like, oh, well, you're filling up gas every day or every other day, and you know you're spending sixty to a hundred dollars at the pump every single day, and I'm like, yeah, but that's not the thing that I don't. I, that's just money. Like money's money, right? And, and when you're in business for yourself and you're doing that stuff, like you should expect to spend money. Like I, I knew getting in that I was going to have expenses all the time. Um, you know, I'm trying to go debt free now with the business cause it carried a little bit of debt to start up, but nothing compared to like 90% of these guys that are out like, Oh, you can start a lawn care business for $10,000. Like, dude, I did it for way less. Oh, there's, there's a lot of people that say, start your business for free. And I'm like, you can't legitimately start a business for free. Like no, people are listening to the wrong advice. You legitimately do that. I started with a home light weed eater and a 22 inch push mower. No lie. You can do it very inexpensively, but to be legitimate and be inexpensive, that's a different to say, Oh, I have a business. I cut lawns. Well, any guy with a truck and a lawnmower can go cut a a yard. Right. That is a legitimate legitimate business. business. It's going to cost you money. You have to, you have to spend money to register with your state. Like yeah, South Carolina do it for free, like a lot of people say. Yeah, two hundred fifty dollars just for your business license in South Carolina, and that's through the state. That's not the local business license that I have to carry for the individual places that I cut because they do it that here. Um, this is a very good question. What percentage of money you make goes back into your company? For me, right now, 
I don't even pay myself. Well, I am now that I, I, I was, uh, I left my full-time job, but before I wasn't paying myself this year, that was the plan was to pay off all the debt. Um, now I'm taking yeah, a lot some of my money goes back in, bills, but all of my money was going back in except for labor. Um, and that was just for my helper, which was my father-in-law. And, um, he gets the average pay for an average helper on a, a crew. I've already talked to numerous companies and found out we're buffering again. Um, but yeah, I, I was investing everything back into the company. I was trying to upgrade what I needed to upgrade. I was trying to um, get the equipment that I wanted that I didn't have starting out because I knew I was going to have to like build up to that. I, I wanted to get a small business loan for X amount of dollars. I got half of what I wanted. So I started the company straight off with half the money I thought I was going to start with. Um, but that business loan is almost halfway paid off and I'm halfway through my first season. So once I get that paid off, now I have no more debt on the company and hopefully from here on out, it'll be even better and better and better. Um, well, I saw some of those comments and you know, everything is, a, everything is an expense, car insurance, car payments, truck payments, all of that stuff is an expense. Uh, cause you're going to write it off in the year. So if you're doing a spreadsheet, everything needs to be listed in there and then yep. just divide that by the number of clients or customers you have. And that'll give you some sort of foundation on how to negotiate, you know, a fair rate, you know, and everybody's in a different market. So, uh, but that'll yeah. at least give you a foundation on where that's my minimum. Yeah, that's there's, where I start my minimum is what my are, expense. There's a lot of people that are talking right now about, uh, how do you raise rates and the but gases went up and this, that, and other. And, and my question is to y'all, um, how do you feel about that? Like, I mean, my personal opinion, I'll, I'll give you after it's all said and done, but, but, uh, how do you feel about, should you be raising rates right now? Or is this something that you look at as, I mean, I look at it as this personally, um, I'm like gases went up 70 cents, you know, a gallon. If, if that's really hurting you, you need to look at your pricing anyway. Right. Well, yeah. think about this. And I'll say this because I was in the food service for, for a while. And so, you know, my job was I went out to, uh, you know, restaurants and, 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 and sold our, our business, right. Our services. So, um, but you know, restaurants, maybe lawn care. I mean, there's a lot of business you could draw some, uh, parallels or some, there's a lot of correlations between a lot of different businesses. However, people, when you go to a restaurant and they raise the price, let's say 25 cents on a hamburger, right? Uh, people are going to notice that. Um, and, and what most people don't understand is the restaurants only make money on what we call the center of the plate. So that's the steak, that's the hamburger, the fries, uh -huh. the drinks, they make zero money on that. And so, uh, and that's also where the food service companies, they make their money on the fries, on where, where they really make their money is on the cups, right? Uh, paper goods. Yeah. Soda right? is null and void. It's like, it takes like how many uh, yeah. to make and up remember, for the soda. Everybody's selling ketchup, right? So if, if everybody's selling ketchup, I can't make this bottle of ketchup any prettier than, than the other food service company, right? 
I, I would say this. When you guys want to raise rates, and I was going to touch on this earlier. Uh, look, you never want – when you're negotiating a rate, if you underbid, you're really doing a disservice to yourself. Because what you're saying is, I'm really not that good, right? It, it, I'm not saying you want to be the most expensive guy in town. But it, so it's no different in sales. And what I used to try to convey to, to my team uh, is, look, at sure, there's some discounts. Maybe we can apply here or there or wherever. But at the end of the day, if all you're doing is discounting your services, your prices, what you're saying is, is I'm desperate and I'm not that good. And you could you could keep going on and on. So if you need to raise prices, maybe not raise them with your current client base. Maybe you do. I don't know. Um, but going forward, and that's why if you have all your numbers in a spreadsheet, everything from, you know, a cup of coffee in the morning to, you know, the maintenance on your equipment to the insurance, everything, you know, a string of uh, weed eater string, whatever you guys call it, everything should be in there. And then, you know, just break it down to the ridiculous. And that will, because that's really the only way. It doesn't matter what business you're in. That's the only way to know if you're actually profitable or not, right? Because just because we have money in the bank doesn't mean we're, we're profitable, right? And cash is always king, okay? Cash is always king. In order to make it in any business, you have to have cash flow, right? So uh -huh. if, you, if, you take, if you take COVID, a lot of people uh, lost everything because maybe they didn't have enough savings, right? Cash is king. But they also didn't have cash flow. Right. Maybe they didn't have enough credit. Um, and and I, I would try to run your business. I, I always say run a clean business and run a clean business means just be debt free as, as close to debt free as you can. But like Danny said, you, you cannot run a legitimate business uh, that's either free or doesn't cost you money. So you're always you're always going to be swiping the credit card or something. But you have to be disciplined enough to make sure you pay that off because in tough times or in your guys's case you go through it every year because you guys have maybe not in the south but up here we do we have winter so yeah. a lot of people aren't working and so um i would just be you know just be cognizant of that because uh you know you you don't want to go broke uh or, or go out of business in your first year, right? And so ju just be careful of all your expenditures. And again, I can't stress enough, just because money's in the bank doesn't mean you're you're profitable. It exactly. just means you have cash flow. That's all it means. Okay, nothing but grass clippings. Uh, re do, uh, I, I don't have a clue what that means. Um, if you could reword it, I guess. Well, how about yeah, I, thought, I thought what she means is how do you, how do you, um, what do you do at the end of the month to pay your gas bill? I'm I'm assuming that's what she means. Yeah, so I, I would say this, and I'll just I'm going to ask a question, but I'll kind of answer it as well. So in in business, there's a term, and they use it. It's called train the trainer, right? I don't know if you guys have heard that. That's but, what I did in my last business. So if you're going to train your, if you're going to train the trainer. You also need to train your client, right? You have to train your client. You have to train your customers. Uh, you, 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 
you can't drive 30 miles just to go solve maybe a leaf. I, I, I'm just thinking of something. I don't know your business. Because, again, if, if you're going to be back out in that area tomorrow, I mean, or in a couple of days, you know, customers may want you to come out right now this minute. But you have to train uh, your customers. Uh, it's, it's important. Uh, they'll respect you, and they'll, they'll thank you for it as well. So, uh, and I'll say, look, at the, the better the relationship that you have with your customers or your clients, the easier it will be to add a few bucks if you need to. I mean, if, if gas stays as high as it is, I mean, sh- I'm surely they'll understand, right? Um, but that's but if if you if you don't have any any relationship, any foundation with your clients, that's going to be a tough conversation, right? That's going to be a very very tough conversation. That's why only you guys know what you have with your customers. And so maybe you don't raise the prices on your current customers. Maybe you just do it going forward, right? Because remember, and I can't tell you enough, I can't stress enough, the small properties will keep you in business. It's just like small small sales, whatever. I, we all want the big ones, but the big ones are so far <clears throat> few between. So I'm, wanna, I'm trying to hit on all these as we go down here um, and then move on to another one. This is one thing that uh, Robert below me here can tell you that in my town, route density here is is it's null and void. There there's no such thing because very few people here want their yard mowed. So I literally have no choice but to drive twelve miles to my nearest city uh, before I start getting into good route density. So depending on where you're located, you may have to travel. But I'm here to tell people that you can travel and still make money if your pricing is right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, geographically is different for everybody. I mean, <laughs> our okay. yards here average. Uh, to, Do to you the price? They're not real close. So. Um, I, I guess I, uh, I guess this is one of them questions is because uh, I hear people talk about if I show up and it's six inches or more, I'm going to charge you this. Um, my answer to this is no, because all of my clients are weekly, um, I, except for four or five uh, that are biweekly and they're commercial properties. Well, so, think about this, Danny. Think, think about this. Rent, uh, what what uh, if you if you're a consumer right so remember when you're when you're talking with your customers or your clients you're in the same boat they are just in a different in a different setting right because you're going to go buy something or want a service but remember the only the best time or the only time that people make decisions is when the stress level is low right so right. if i'm pricing on growth then the customer is going to be sitting there you know, come Thursday, if you show up Friday, well, I don't know what we're going to be charged. I'm getting tired of this. I wish I knew. Right. You, and right. so now you can have a tough time keeping that client uh, because now, now the stress level is high. And remember, people are never going to make decisions uh, on any level if the stress level. level so, uh, to have your service or to cancel you. 
right? I want to. So I want to say you should ask note, questions. You should always ask questions um, to your client, and one of the main questions you could ask that will help you know the growth is a. You automatically know the growth in your area anyway, pretty much. If you do this a lot and you've got quite a few properties, you know what properties grow and what properties don't. You know when it's in the heat of the summer, most properties start to slow down, regardless. But some of the questions you could be asking these clients to figure out if they're if you're worried about the growth of the property is a one great question is do you have a company come out and fertilize? Uh, because know. more than likely, if they have a fertilization company come out and take care of stuff, it's going to grow a little bit more than most of your other properties are that don't have any fertilization. So. Take that into consideration. Do they have sprinklers? That's one of the other things. If they have sprinklers in their yard, you're probably going to, it's probably going to grow a little bit more if they're using them. Um, Number one so question I ask. I, I always recommend asking questions. People can, you can always figure out <clears throat> somebody, uh, you can always weed majority of these clients out that you wouldn't want anyway. Um, like for instance, when I get a phone call from a client and I say, well, you know, Hey, can I ask, are you looking for weekly, uh, service? And they say, Oh, well, we're thinking every couple weeks, I automatically say, well, you're not the client I want. So I just let them know. I'm sorry. I don't do bi-weekly. If you're interested in weekly, I would be more than happy to come give you a quote. Then when I get out there, if I go give them a quote, then I start asking these other questions. Another thing I do to weed out a lot of these people, because I found in my first two years in business, I would get the people that say, I want weekly service. You would get out there, you would give them a price to clean their property up because it was a little tall maybe. After you cleaned it up the next week, oh, I don't need you this week. My mower got fixed. Yep. So how I, I weeded that out, out, yeah, how I weeded this out, period, was I, I built my reputation of my company up. Once I got the reputation built up, then I started saying, you know what? Hey, I require a month in advance before I ever start. You want it weekly? That's fine. I require uh, I require 120 up front before I even start your property. Uh, if you quit me two weeks in, well, you just lost $80 of your money. Um, and... I have never, I'll, I'll repeat, I have never had one person that has called me have an issue with paying me a month up front for the first three or four months to build a relationship with each other. And then I tell them, you know what, after we build a relationship together, then we can put it on weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, however works best for your payment plan. Right. Yeah. Danny, you said it. I, I price for growth within the first quote. Uh, the first the, the main thing down here is, are you irrigated? Do you have an irrigation system? Are you are you watering your grass? Because if you're watering, it's going to grow. Mm -hmm. um, the fertilization thing is not as big for me, but I, I definitely ask, it, do you water your grass? Is it, do you have a sprinkler system? Because I know those yards are going to grow faster than anything else in the neighborhood. When you pull up to a yard, you should be able to tell especially here in the South. I, I mean, I can tell yards that have had water on them and don't have water on them. 
And when I make right. my initial quote and say, hey, this is what the price is weekly or biweekly, however you do it, <clears throat> um, that goes into consideration. I know it's going to grow more than the guy next door because you're putting water down three times a week on it. So that's where I say I price for growth, but I do it within the quote that I give them. Uh, it's not something I do over like, oh, well, it's six inches this time. So I got to charge you an extra 25 bucks because I had to double cut it. No, I now I do have a first cut price and that one's always higher than the the the, uh, the quote that I give them for the rest of the season. Because right. that first time I come, I take my time more so than I would on a normal cut because I want to learn the yard for one. And two, I always make sure it's absolutely perfect that first time i'm out and make sure that like well it hasn't been cut because you're calling me for service so i need to make sure that it looks right when i leave uh you know double cutting triple cutting i just did a property uh two weeks ago that i quadruple cut just to make sure it looked right when i left i quadruple cutted a new one uh i gained an acre and a half property here in town i was telling robert about this and uh, you know, the guy had no issue paying me a month in advance, even though it was for an acre and a half. And um, he said, hey, I understand, you know, no problem. I'll get you paid before you ever start. You yeah. know, no big deal. Uh, but I've, the problem was in the fact that there was dead grass everywhere from where they had mowed previously. Oh yeah, I could not make this. I, I literally went over the property four times on the front where it was built up. And I still couldn't make it look the way I personally wanted it to look. And I let him know. I said, look, I, I went over it twice at the time. And I said, it still don't look the best, but here's why. And he said, oh, it's fine. I totally understand. And looking at it, I still couldn't leave it like that. So I went over it two more times in two totally different directions. And it still didn't look the best. But I was I just had to tell myself, you know what? Over the next couple of weeks, it'll turn into a beauty and just, you know, I did what I could do. I felt good knowing that I didn't just cut it one time and go, oh, there it is, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, guys, the, I appreciate it. I'm going to get off the, here. The high schooler. That's what I call we'll that. see you guys. Bye, Robert. Thank you. Hey, no problem. Great statement. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here too, Danny. I got to go lay down. All right, Dan. Have a good one. <clears throat> Charge me, I appreciate it. Uh, love the small ones. I want the small ones. I was listening to a oh, was listening to a podcast the other day, and they broke down a lawn by expense. And by the time it was said and done, we make less than twenty bucks a yard. That's that's true statement. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, depending on depending on your prices, depending on your gas of what you get. Uh, I mean, I cannot stress enough, Robert. You know, I mean, I was telling Robert, I said, "Dude, I know, I know on my grandstand, and I know on the the new thirty seven EFI that I'm going to use about a gallon of gas per acre." Um, I know my properties enough to know how many properties I can do on a on a full tank of gas, like. Uh -huh. These are these are things you should know. You should know how much gas you're wasting per acre of property. Uh, and, you know, that way you can you can take into your thing and go, hey, this is this is the gas price. This is what gas is going to cost me a week, whatever the case may be. Know your numbers is a huge thing in any industry. 
uh, regardless of what it is, you should know your numbers. And uh, there's a lot of people out there that that feel that they're doing, you know, uh, these properties for uh, I, I'll give an example. Um, the new Dollar General people that took over the contract are looking to pay $49 a mo. And I told them, I said, it's not worth my time. I'm going to let you know right now you can go no. find somebody else uh, because I know how long I'm on these properties. I know how long I'm on the properties. I know what I want to make an hour. Uh, and if it's not within that, then I'm not doing it. And, uh, you know, I and, and I said, there's always somebody out there that will do it. But you look at these people that are out there doing it, they don't have the equipment we have. Uh -huh. They don't have the money to keep investing into maintenance of these mowers. So eventually they're going to be out of business. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, I mean, that's that, it just, it is what it is, but you got to think about it like that. How much money are you actually profiting? You can make $2,000 a week, but by the time you take out your expenses, you take out your insurance, you take out your, your insurance for your vehicle. Uh, I mean, all, everything said and done, what did you really make after taxes and everything right. for that? Yeah. That's what you make, <clears throat> not yeah. 2000 a week, you know? Do you, do you pay estimated taxes quarterly? No, I'm not an LLC. I'm so proprietor. So I, yeah, I just pay at the end of the year. Um, and I, I don't do, worry I do a, I do a schedule C. So yeah, well, I've got a, I've got a, uh, I've got a real good CPA um, in my town. She does all of my stuff. Uh, I'm gonna tell y'all if if you do not have a CPA, if you've thought about oh it's it's two hundred dollars a month or or one hundred and fifty dollars a month, I will be the first to tell you. For the first two years of my business, I didn't have a CPA, and because a I thought it was very expensive. Uh, but B, it was just very expensive to me. And I'm going to tell you that after I got a CPA, it was the best investment I ever made, ever made. Because a CPA, mm -hmm. a good accountant will save you more money than, than what you will spend on them. Like, I'm telling you, if you do not have a CPA accountant, go find one. Ask around in your area who's good for small businesses, whatever your, your business is, and get one. If you're a bigger business, you run and cruise, you probably already have one anyway, but smaller guys, I'm telling you, it's the best investment you'll ever make, period. Point blank, do it, quit holding it off because that's what I did. I'm not scared to say it. And uh, there's no telling how much money I lost in the first two years of business that I could have uh -huh. easily made. Um, so always, always call around, find a good CPA because they're going to take care of you. They're going to take real good care of you. Let's mm. see. Uh, is really smart. You do have to educate your customers. All they see is you pull up with a truck and a mower and you cut grass. They don't see what goes behind the scenes. Exactly. Exactly. They don't see that you're out here sharpening blades at midnight. Uh, you're cleaning out the decks at 11 o'clock at night, uh, getting ready for the next day. Um, there's there's a lot that a lot of people don't see that is put into it. Uh, just like, you know, somebody who is a helper. 
Um, if, if you hire somebody to help you in your business, uh, trimming or whatever, and they're not a business owner, they're literally just a laborer, they don't see all of that. They just think, oh, well, dang, I, I just got a $40 check off of the door for him and, and I'm only getting paid $15 an hour. Uh, but we just did two properties. That's probably 80 bucks, but they don't see the cost that is coming out of all of that and what you're really making. All they see is what's on top. Well, I had a, I had a, um, a helper one time. This is several years ago. Uh, he wanted to become a partner. And he said, what do I need to do to become a partner? I said, when you say partner, I said, are you referring to half the business? He said, yeah. I said, you know, we can come, we can go in together. So I said, well, let me run some numbers. Well, by the time you figure in two trucks, three trailers, all the other equipment I bought, I, I give them a, I give them a, um, kind of a breakdown, like a spreadsheet kind of thing. And, um, he looked at he and he looked at me and he said, Are you kidding me? I said, if you want to be a partner, that's what it's gonna be. It was twenty five thousand dollars. And I said, You you're gonna to have to front me the money to buy into my business half the money that I've had I've got invested up to this point. And he said, I ain't got that kind of money. I said, Not many people do. And see that the rubber meets the road when they find out how much it costs, you know, and most, most of them, they, they talk a big game, but when it, when it really comes time to put the money where the mouth is, so to speak, they don't have it. Right. Yep. So, uh, I need to find a tax person this year, I guess. Look, Jeremy, man, best thing you'll ever do. Find a good, a CPA accountant. Um, I mean, for a small business around here, you're looking at 200 or so dollars, maybe 100 to 200, depending on the person. You can find good accountants that's been around for years uh, that will treat you right, tell you what you need to do, um, help you with everything. Any questions you have, they can answer pretty much. And you know, they will save you more money in the long run than you will ever spend on them. And uh, because here's another thing, they're a tax write-off. So think about it as that. You as got well. that right. Oh, right. uh, Dane, let me ask you a question. I don't know. Well, the, the federal IRS is the federal IRS. They, the, the rules apply for me and you no matter how far apart we are. Um, when it comes to your truck expenses do you do you write off your mileage or do you write off your repairs and gas i write off my mileage because where i'm located i have to drive to get right. to properties so right. i i spend way more i get way more back in mileage than i ever oh. would maintenance Same so, here. yep and uh and a lot of people think you can write both off you can only write one or the other yep, off one or the other uh, you cannot do both. Um, so, if you know, you can take the 53 cents a mile or whatever it is. Uh, if, if Add it up at the end of the year. Add it up. If you know your numbers, you know yeah. what you spent in maintenance on your vehicle. You know well, your mileage. Add it up. Do it 50 cents a mile. Me, See sorry. what your money is and go, okay, well, I'm going to claim mileage. You know, uh, it, it's pretty easy to do. And a C, having a CPA they will give you a mileage log so you can write down mm -hmm. your mileage. 
uh, so you can keep track of it. I'm telling you, CPA, CPA, CPA. Quit putting it off. Do it today. Start calling around. Look up people in your local area. And, and you know, hey, ask your friends uh, on Facebook, your actual friends and family. Do, do y'all know any accountants or CPAs that can, you know, help with my small business this year? Use somebody yes, that's... Something else to think about when it comes to, to taxes and CPAs and things like that. When you have, when you've got somebody else doing it, that's one less thing you have to stress about. Yep. And when you're in business, especially doing this kind of work, the stress factor, I mean, I don't know how you are. I've got one customer and I'm really considering firing her. I just did her yard yesterday and it had the, the situation was we had that tropical storm come through here and there was six inches of water standing in her hayfield out in her front yard and I couldn't get in there to cut it. I mean, I could if I wanted to put that much pressure on my, on my equipment, which I didn't. Well, it took two weeks for that, for that property to dry out. And I went over there yesterday and cut it and dude, I kid you not, it was four feet high and it took me over three hours to cut it. But it was so piled up, and it wasn't my fault. And she called, She sent me a message today. Is there any way you could come over here and and spread this out? I don't want my grass to die. Well, it might turn it might turn slightly yellow, but it's not going to die. And you know, that kind of stress is is the is the stuff you need to worry about. You don't need to be worrying about who's what's going on with your taxes and your paperwork and your receipts and things like that. And it's worth its weight in gold. Literally, take your once you get a CPA, guys. Take your receipts, put them in a little. Uh, they make them accordion things uh -huh. that you can just open up from Walmart. They're like three bucks. Put all your receipts in there. Fold it up. Put it in there. At the end of the week, take it to your CPA. Say, here's my receipts for the week. They will literally do everything for you. They will literally do everything yep. for you. All you have to do is hand them to them in any order whatsoever. They will literally go through each one and individually put it in what it needs to go in. Yeah, um, he, uh, receipts are heat sensitive. If you leave them in your truck for too long to get too hot, they start to fade real quick. Yeah. So what I, what I do, I take my ink pen and I write the date, and I write what it was for, and I write the amount on the top of the receipt. That way, I know exactly what that receipt's for. Yeah, you can. There's so much. Uh, and East Tennessee had a thing. Um, you can write off a meal. Yes. Yeah. You can do that. Uh, GIE. When you go, yep. When you go to GIE, it's a write-off. Yep. Um, I mean. Literally, there is so much stuff that you can write off that you don't know about until you get an accountant that you're just like, wow, really? I was throwing all of that away. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure you probably drink Gatorade. I drink Pedialyte. Um, I had no idea Pedialyte was tax deductible, uh, but it is. Charles uh, Charles takes uh, Pedialyte. Um he uh he brings Pedialyte and uh and water or well Gatorade and uh I've I pack Gatorade and I pack some Mountain Dew and some Dr Pepper because I gotta have my freaking caffeine in the morning or else I'm just done for the day. Hey, look, look at me! I do a White Monster Energy. 
<laughs> it's sugar free. So, yeah, I mean, I, I really wanted to get in here and put a different perspective in people's eyes uh, about, you know, time. Uh, and, and it really was just a perspective of not only for your business, but for your family. Uh, right. Guys, time, you never get back. You cannot replenish time. You never know how much time you have left. And, you know, there's a there's a thing. Steve Jobs knew this. And uh, so we're, we're going to get into this real fast. But I just I really want to go through this because I, I found it very interesting. I keep saying, uh, <laughs> uh, so he says, uh, I didn't notice. <laughs> uh, so he says in his commencement address to the Stanford University class of 2005, Steve Jobs said, quote, I have looked in the mirror every morning and asked myself if today were the last day of my life, would I want to do what I'm about to do today? And whenever the answer has been no for too many days in a row, I know I need to change something. Remembering that I'll be dead soon is the most important tool I've ever used to help make the big choices in life. Almost everything, all external expectations, all pride, all fear of embarrassment or failure, these things just fall in the way, uh, in the face of death, leaving only what is truly important. Remembering that you are going to die is the best way I know to avoid the trap of thinking you have something to lose. You are already naked. There is no reason not to follow your heart. There you go. You know, and, that uh, one, one thing I vowed to my wife and my son uh, my dad was a truck driver. That's where I. That's how I got into it. And I, my dad was never home, you know. And and I remember growing up. Do I resent him for that? No. He was trying. He was trying to provide for his family. But I remember when my son was little. He's sixteen now. But I remember when he was little. I made a promise to myself, and I made a promise to my wife that I would not be the kind of father, the absent father that my dad was. And I've held up to that promise. I mean, I tried to like yesterday. I worked. I worked till five thirty yesterday. I try my best to be home no later than four thirty, five o'clock, because I, I'm fifty four years old. And when you get to be my age and you're out in that heat, I mean, I don't know what kind of heat and humidity you guys have up there. It was one hundred and three today, real Phil. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, it was ninety four here. But the humidity was 80%. You know, and it, you walk outside and you just stand still and you start dripping. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when you're out in that heat and that humidity all day long, when you come home, you get a shower, clean up, whatever you do, you ain't no good to nobody for about an hour. You know, you just, you have to sit and veg and let your body catch up. Mm -hmm. And um, especially when you get, and I'm not old. I don't consider myself... An old man, I'm just saying. Yeah, you'll stand I'm in not, the shower, take a good yeah. long shower, and still get out and still be sweating. Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't consider myself old. You know, I'm seasoned. And uh, I can hang with a 25-year-old all day long. Not a problem. But I don't want to, I, like, like we, we, we've come, the theme of this podcast has been time, you know, I want to be able to give my, my family the same quality time 
that I give to my work. And if you can't do that, then you you may be in the wrong business. Because yeah. you know, you, if you, um, I, I have a buddy that does this, and he was of the opinion for several years when he was getting started, you you start with the headlights and you come home by the headlights. That's, and that's now, pretty now, much what I do. Yeah, and now his children are getting up to some size, and he's like, maybe this ain't such a good idea anymore. Yep. Yeah, I can I can honestly sit here and say that I don't spend as much time with my family as I should. Uh, I'm yeah. always I'm always going. Uh, when I'm not working, I'm I'm thinking about the other things of you know. Well, I mean, when I'm not working, my wife's at work. My my sons, you know, at daycare. Uh, they get up early in the morning. They leave. I'm usually sleep. Uh, if right. I'm not, I say bye to them. But you know, they're gone all day. And then when they get home then I'm usually out here uh, in the garage. I'm usually, they're usually in there watching TV and I'm usually always out here um, uh -huh. editing a video, doing a YouTube live. Uh, I mean, I'm always doing something else other than spending as much time with my family as I need to be. And, and I, you know, I, it's, it's the truth. And uh, I'm not scared to say it because that's one thing I lack in. That's going to do it for this episode this was a great great episode i believe very informative and that's what i wanted it to be lots of informative stuff i believe went into this and i appreciate robert for taking the time to come up everybody have a good one thanks for taking time out of your day to watch this or listen to this you've been listening to lanier on air we hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show, and we hope the advice will take your lawn care and landscape business to the next level. Thanks for listening to the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. We'll be back soon, but find us on YouTube and Instagram at Lanier Lawn Care. We'll leave you with this quote from Warren Buffett. It's good to learn from your mistakes. It's better to learn from other people's mistakes.